Hey, this is Heath Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. This is episode number five. Today, I sit down to talk with Kyle and Olivia from Drive-In and Vibin'. Kyle and Olivia are traveling around the country in their casita, that's a type of RV if you're unfamiliar, and their full-time jobs at this point is running an online Etsy shop of vintage paper products. I'll let them tell you more about how they fell into running an Etsy shop, but before we get started, what I think is really cool about this episode is Kyle and Olivia's backstory. Before hitting the road, Olivia was a waitress and Kyle was a musician. These are two careers that are notorious for not paying extremely well, yet they were able to put aside enough money and start an Etsy shop on the side that pays them enough they can travel full-time. In my eyes, this is incredible. I can't tell you how many people we've met over the past couple years that have significantly higher-paying jobs than a server and musician, but are convinced it's impossible for them to save up enough money to hit the road. Granted, they don't have kids or debt or any of those barriers that a lot of people have, but still, while working jobs as a waitress and musician and being able to start a side business that builds you up enough income to hit the road so you can travel is pretty amazing. And I'm really excited for you to get to listen to this episode with Kyle and Olivia from Driving and Vibin'. Let's go. Hey, I'm here with Kyle and Olivia from Driving and Vibin'. How are you guys doing? Great. How are you? Good. Where are you guys at right now? Uh, we're in Casa Grande, Arizona at a escapee co-op park. And this is actually our... Uh, our second time to try and do this. And I have a feeling that um, whenever I try to decide to launch an RV podcast, like this is going to be probably the biggest barrier that we could possibly have is just trying to get good Skype internet connection <laughs> between the two of us, you know? No doubt. The trouble of all RVers, both timers. Yeah. So you guys have been on the road since September and your little tiny trailer that you guys renovated and does it have a name? It doesn't yet. Uh, we've gotten that often, so we're we're kind of feeling it out, waiting to see what comes to us. But I feel like it has a big driving and vibing sticker on the back of it. That that is almost its name. But, Not really, though. You know, yeah. sort of. But we're open to suggestions. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it. There's a lot of pressure to come up with a name, but I feel like it almost has to be some organic thing that happens, like. Like somebody says something and you're just like sitting outside drinking a beer and you're just like, yeah, that's like, that's the name. <laughs> like that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so tell me, you guys have been on the road now for a few months, but I want to hear a little bit about y'all's backstory. So first of all, why did you decide to move into an RV and, and get on the road? Oh, uh, like in September, 2014, we just, you know, we were following some folks on Instagram. One of our friends just came back from a month long uh, RV trip. And we just kind of thought, well, why don't we do something like this? Yeah, we were in love with the lifestyle long before we ever decided to do it and followed so many people and their stories and we're kind of living vicariously through them. And meanwhile, we're working service industry jobs and, you know, doing the daily grind type of thing. And it didn't really feel in line with like what we wanted and what we were looking for. And so we decided there's nothing holding us back. No reason not to. Let's take the plunge and make a plan. Yeah. So y'all's full-time gig right now, or pretty much y'all's full-time gig is an Etsy shop, right? Called the Wooden Earth. 
Yeah, Correct. that's yeah. So that's our full time job right now. And that was kind of our hobby while we were back home, and wasn't really uh, our full time. Like it, it was, wasn't bringing in like a ton of money. It was just kind of something we did on the side, and kind of in our planning process, it evolved into something that really worked out nicely for going on the road, and we kind of really found our our market. Yeah, whenever we were back in Alabama, just planning and you know saving up money, the Etsy store was much more of a, uh, we sell anything vintage, doesn't mm -hmm. matter the size, just as long as it was cool. And then as the months progressed to our departure date, we thought, well, we only need to sell things that could be shipped in an envelope. So we kind of transferred everything in our store over to only paper products. Is that because you guys are, are literally shipping out from the road or? Yeah, that is, that's right. We have one bin of paper products and it holds about 2000 products and you know we can't that's about all we can hold as far as in between our truck and the camper mm -hmm. yeah so and it saves space and saves money and shipping costs yeah i bet yeah so tell me about the wooden earth like what do you guys sell and, and what kinds of vintage products do you have now i mean obviously paper but like what kind of paper products yeah. do you have <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not toilet paper <laughs> we sell uh antique maps and prints so pretty much our antique maps range from like the mid 1800s to like 1920. And then we sell antique prints of ast astronomy, uh, medical prints. Yeah. Uh, any type of old illustrative designs, you know, with a great wood block and etching style illustrations. Uh, anything we, we would like, yeah. you know. Yeah. So what made you guys like why maps? So, you know, back when we were we were just saving and planning for the trip, we bought an atlas at a yard sale and realized maybe we can just sell every map from this atlas rather than sell the atlas itself. It was from 1912. So we decided let's trim the trim the maps up, list them individually and see what happens. And we, you know, we sold probably 20 of those maps within a month. Mm -hmm. And they they were a good size to frame and decorate with, and people like them as gifts. Some people use them for art projects, and I mean, they're they're nice to decorate offices and things like that. And yeah, there's de definitely a market for it that we discovered, and a good way to make use out of a a book in poor condition with a broken bind. And we just took a little extra time and trimmed them up and made them look nice. Yeah. How long ago did you guys buy this first atlas? Oh, so that atlas we probably bought in like uh, maybe October of 2014, but we didn't get around to listing it till probably like December of 2014. And then, you know, within two months, we realized we need to do more of this. Were y'all looking for like any kind of side business that you could start? Or I mean, did this just kind of happen by accident? I'm a full time uh, musician back home before we left so our first plan of action was olivia was learning how to play the drums and we were going to plan to play music the whole trip and you know make gener generate money that way from the road yeah we had no idea the etsy store would be able to support us it was a nice yeah surprise. <laughs> exactly by the time summer rolled around before we departed we realized that all we have to do is the Etsy store and that'd be we'd be good yeah, to go it was generating a consistent income that we could feel secure relying on wow so you guys were already in the midst of planning this trip whenever uh you started the etsy shop right oh yeah we had done the etsy shop probably a year yeah. before we decided to go on this trip we started the etsy shop in like february of 2014 
mm-hmm. and then decided the trip in September 2014 with the departure date one year from then. Mm-hmm. And it really took us that year finding what our our niche kind of thing because we were selling like vintage clothes and like housewares, cooking wear, like I mean, you name it. Yeah, we and, sold it. And uh, so it really just went through going through that process and finding, you know, that special thing that would work perfectly into mm. our new lifestyle change. Basically, if there was anything vintage, you guys were throwing it up in the Etsy store, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I love what you what y'all said before we before we got on the call. You basically said Heath were trying to do basically the complete opposite of what you're doing. We're trying to work <laughs> the least amount as humanly possible on the road. Yeah. <laughs> we realized right now we work an average of two hours a week. Are you serious? We're trying to get it down to a half an hour. <laughs> Jeez, that's straight up Tim Ferriss style. That is awesome. Um so <laughs> we like it. So what it yeah, so tell me a little bit about what y'all's days look like right now. I get up at like uh <laughs> six o'clock in the morning and read the news and work on the blog and make a cup of coffee. And Olivia wakes up probably around ten o'clock <laughs> and then we are slow to eat a big breakfast and I mean, totally unexciting. It yeah. sounds super lazy, but by the time we get rolling, you know, it's, we go into into town and go to the post office, ship off our Etsy orders. We might go on a hike and explore, you know, do some chores. Oh, or then, or we'll go thrifting in the town and explore oh, yeah. the, you know, thrift stores and antique stores as well. And then we come home and make dinner and watch Netflix if we have uh, access to the internet. <laughs> Minus the shipping out of products that sounds remarkably similar to Alyssa's in my life yeah, we we're pretty late not lazy we're just pretty chill yeah I mean we get to do whatever we want to do and some days we're more productive than others but we like it totally being up to us what to do with our day since you guys have gotten on the road how do you feel like the the RV lifestyle do you feel like it's something you guys would like to do for a certain period of time or do you have like a timeline for how long you'd like to do it or are you kind of just figuring out as you go? Uh, we have no end in sight, really. I think it's just something we feel. And we really hope to do this, you know, for the rest of our lives in some capacity or another. We're really excited to see how it evolves and changes. And, you know, we might get a different rig or a different tow vehicle or. Yeah, we, we before we left, we told our family a year. And that was just to let them know a certain amount of commitment that we had involved in it. Yeah, like we weren't going to give up before a year. Even yeah. if we didn't like it, we wanted to give it at least a year's time to see. And it I mean, we've loved it since yeah. day one. It seems like a year would be way too short right now to stop traveling. And most people can't really quite grasp the idea of not coming back. They all want to know when your trip's going to be done or how you're enjoying your trip. And it's yeah. like, this is kind of a lifestyle change for us, not just a, a long vacation. It's really hard for people to grasp that. I mean, like we've been doing it for 18 months now and it's not that much longer than you guys, but people still ask us all the time. Like, so when are you coming back? Like, when are you going to be done with your trip yep. or how was your trip? <laughs> yeah. So what do you feel like the, this lifestyle has kind of taught you guys so far like y'all were living in a cabin before this right yeah we had a small cabin that we lived in i mean it was much bigger than this rv but it was probably smaller than every other house that our friends or family lived in definitely we were already used to living in a small space together and it wasn't like too hard of a change up for us uh i mean everyone looks at us and like how do you 
live in this 16 foot camper together and not kill each other. But we're kind of used to it and already in the mode of being around each other a lot. And we really enjoy it. And it's like, we've just learned not to take anything for granted and enjoy each day as it comes and being present in the moment. And, and it's, it's awesome to know how much money we're spending every day. That's something that we never paid attention to attention to before we left. And it keeps, you know, a certain amount of responsibility. And not even to be stressed out about it, but to be mindful exactly. about it. You become very deliberate with what you spend your money on and what your priorities are. What do you guys feel like you spend the majority of your money on now that you're on the road? Or do you spend a lot of money? Oh, uh, so like our monthly budget is like about $2,000. And our goal is to come in under that so we can eventually start putting some money away in savings. Oh, you know, we were spending so much money on campground costs, like the first four months we traveled because yeah. we have solar, but we uh, don't have enough solar to go boondocking for more than like four days. Because but, of our refrigerator, yeah. we don't have a propane refrigerator and we didn't count that factor that in before we left. But we just bought a, a generator. One of our friends sold us a sweet Honda 2000 generator for um, $600. And so that, you know, that was to us a really good deal and mm -hmm. it will allow us to boondock indefinitely now. Mm -hmm. So really for the month of February, it's my goal to spend like a hundred dollars on camping total wow. and really see how free we can camp in February. Where are you guys going to try to find places to boondock at? You know, in southern Arizona is where we're going to be. And we, we, there's a lot of resources online we use to do the free uh, the boondocking stuff. Uh, um, free campsites, I think, is one of them. Uh, what is the other one? Campendium. And word of mouth. I mean, yeah. we just ask friends on different groups and on our Facebook page and what they recommend and if, have they been in the area before? And usually we get a lots of great recommendations from people on the road. And like at the campground we're at now, we have awesome in our terms, awesome Wi-Fi and internet. So like we're doing a ton of front end research this week. So hopefully at the end of this week, you know, we'll pretty much know our, the options we have for free camping next month. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of resistance when it comes to like packing everything up and hitting the road, especially for people that are, you know, in their 20s or 30s, because a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people just don't understand the lifestyle or why you would want to go and, and kind of create this lifestyle for yourself. What do you guys feel like was the biggest reason that you would have stayed put or what kind of resistance could have kept you guys from doing this? Um, I mean, maybe if our family wasn't in great health or... Yeah. Uh, you know, we, you know, we, if we were to have family responsibilities, that'd be one thing that would probably keep if us at we, home. If we had had debt to like, we have no real debt to speak of. That might've been something we would have factored in, but that was kind of why we chose to do this is to do it before we got ourselves into some trouble. And, you <laughs> know, before we got ourselves tied down to something we didn't really want in the long run, you know, it it buying like, a house yeah. or a car that we can't afford. We just didn't have any of these things and are very minimal anyways. We didn't have a whole lot of things moving into our first house. I mean, a lot of our furniture was on loan from family and friends that needed a place to put something. So it, it was 
even liberating to get rid of the few things we did have and uh, we found on the road that we are constantly finding more things that we just don't need. We end up using the same things over and over again and it's... It was easy for us to get rid of things mm -hmm. and easy for us to leave. But, you know, we do hear people that are challenged to leave by having kids or yeah. not, you know, are worried about finances. That's the biggest thing that we hear by our the people who are inspired to leave but have something holding them back. Yep. But though we, we know lots of families that travel on the road and I think it's just really, if you make your mind up to do it, you're going to find a way to do it and... I think just finding that final push that you need to get out there and take the chance. We felt like it would be risky to stay at home. <laughs> I feel more secure in our lifestyle and our budget now that we are living on the road full time. I feel a lot more freedom and security in this. How do you feel more free? I mean, how do you, I, I get the freedom part, but how do you feel more security now that you guys are on the road? Well, I don't have to worry about if I lose my job, I can't pay for rent and the bills that we had to pay. I mean, we work for ourselves. There's a lot of opportunities to find work on the road and we don't have these huge bills and rent and things like that to worry about. Yeah, we're we're way more able to move with the flow, wherever the flow may bring us. And we saved for a whole year before we left so we have a nice little nest egg to fall back on should anything happen if our camper burns to the ground today we can buy another one tomorrow it might not be fancy but we could have another place to live and i think we have gotten into a rhythm of being able to go with the flow and just take what comes so talk to me a little bit about the process that you guys went through whenever y'all were getting ready to hit the road. What are some of the things that you kind of had to prepare for? How much money did you guys save up? What kind of walk me through the steps that you guys went through before you got started RVing? Yeah. So in September 2014 is when we decided that we wanted to do this and that our goal was to leave in one year. And the first like three months of this of this idea, we really didn't do have much of a structure to our planning. We saved, you know, a thousand bucks or so, and that was cool. But once the new year rolled around, we really thought, you know, we need to we need to leave with at least eight thousand dollars. We need to have a camper that we want to live in. So we really got to work and created a, a serious budget where we put, you know, probably two hundred fifty bucks in savings a week. And, you know, we limited all of our spending. Yeah, we didn't eat out anymore. We budgeted our grocery shopping avoided any impulse buys or yeah. laziness going out to eat and that alone saved us so much money we had no idea how much money we were pouring into eating out and, and yeah then it then it became a game of seeing how much we could put in savings every week so after a month we started it you know we were we started to really beat our savings plan and we ended up leaving with like almost double the money we planned on in savings. Mm -hmm. Especially when the summer rolled around and it was busier for Kyle playing gigs and busier at the restaurant I worked at. So we were making more tips and able to really put back a lot and didn't really have much time to spend it on anything Definitely. either. We were working hard. We were looking for a camper. And then once we found the camper, we were working on it in any spare time we had. In so, our Etsy store at this point, you know, every dollar we made on Etsy pretty much went straight into savings. And that was an awesome extra, extra stream of revenue mm -hmm. at the time. 
Yeah, that's that's huge. I think that's the kind of the golden nugget that a lot of people are looking for is to try to find like some kind of income that they can have. Like, I mean, you guys like an Etsy store, that is awesome. But I mean, I'm sure there are like a million other people on Etsy right now trying to make a full time income. So like, what did you guys do differently? You think that allowed you to, I don't know, make enough revenue that you can live on it? Yeah, that's, you know, that's the secret, you know, it's Uh, pretty much just, well, and it was knowing our platform. Uh, Like I've told someone the other day, uh, we always encourage people to like, try to start an Etsy shop, but also don't get your hopes up and thinking like, your hobby, like knitting hats is going to do well on Etsy because everyone on Etsy is selling knitted hats. It's an oversaturated market on there. So, you know, that might be something better to do grassroots and maybe what you're trying to sell would do better on Etsy. And it just so happened that we created an image and kind of a brand that fit the Etsy network very well. And we, it's our passion to hunt this stuff and you know we don't just do it because it's fun we did it for the whole year before even planned on having it be our income because we love to do it and -hmm. i think that just bled over into the success Mm -hmm. it wasn't like you guys tried out tons of different things but you really just love shopping around going to little antique stores and finding vintage stuff and it turns out that stuff sells like hotcakes on etsy pretty much yeah Mm -hmm. and we put in all the legwork that not many people have the time to do and or like our buyers are in big cities and they don't have as much access to these thrift shops and estate sales and you know small type markets that we find a lot of our items we couldn't sell our items back home like we tried it out at a fleet market yeah so you guys tried to actually sell this in a flea market back home and it didn't it didn't go yeah, it, it was, we had an awesome shop and I loved doing it and I loved the way it looked and it felt when you wa- went in there. But, you know, we weren't making any profit at all. We would sell mm-hmm. things for $10 more than what we bought them for. Yeah, it's it's like trying to go to Quartzsite and sell gemstones yeah, and crystals. <laughs> it's just everywhere. So you're not going to make a whole lot of money because everyone else is doing it. But if you take those same crystals back home to where we are and we we don't have much of that stuff there, you're going to do great and sell tons of them. Yeah. So what would you say, like if somebody wanted to start an Etsy store, like what would you say would be, I don't know, a few things that they could do to kind of figure out what their product could potentially be? Because I mean, it is possible to make an income from a store like Etsy and the platform's already there. Like um, so you basically just have to take pictures, upload your product descriptions, create a store name, description, uh, and all that good stuff. But, you know, what kind of advice would you give for people if they're interested in maybe doing something crafty on Etsy to see if they could just get started doing it? Uh, you know, every part of the process has to be done with a lot of care. From making the piece, you have to put yourself into it and make it with passion. And then you have to photograph it. You know, you can't have a a generic looking banner for your store. Everything has to be the highest mm-hmm. level because there is so much medium level stuff that if you even fall down just a little bit in that medium level category, you're going to look like everything else. And, you know, people aren't going to be, people aren't going to want to experience that middle level. They're going to want to experience, you know, that very high level where care has been put in on every every step of the way. And that's the thing is it's not necessarily just the product that sells it. I mean, find what you love and, and harness that. But also you have to make sure that 
your photographs are good quality. It's staged nicely. It needs a whole feel and a whole like energy yeah. when you go onto that page. Like you're walking into a virtual shop and you immediately know what it's all about just by opening up that page. You definitely want to buy something, you know, that looks like it's been staged very nicely rather than something sitting on someone's kitchen counter. Yeah, that might be fine for eBay because people are literally just looking for the product. But on Etsy, it's way more about a, a brand and a feeling. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel like just from what you guys are describing, I can basically like imagine what your store looks like in my mind. But I've already looked at it. So that's kind of cheating. Um <laughs> <laughs> but how many products on average a day do you guys ship out? And like, what kind of monthly sales do you do with your Etsy shop? So we created our budget, you know, our living budget as $2,000 as a mirror of how much we bring in on an average from our Etsy store. So, you know, it's our goal on Etsy to bring in $2,000 every month. And sometimes, you know, we miss that mark by a little bit, but that's, you know, we typically sell between 100 and 150 sales in bring in at the end of the month around $2,000. And like, so how many, like today did we ship off? Today we shipped off like nine orders and that was from a day and a half of sales. And you guys said that you're probably working on average like a couple hours a week. Yeah, we like to, you know, exaggerate that number a little bit. On a week, on a week where we don't list anything, where, yeah, it takes us about two hours to package it up and go to the post office a week. But, you know, we we don't count hunting items in that because we enjoy going to yard yeah. sales. It and doesn't feel sales. like work. It's yeah. like two hours of actual work of doing stuff that it's probably not your favorite, right? Yeah, like yeah. finding the items, packaging them, writing addresses, you know, going to the post office. That's yeah. So and then the other part that we spend probably like two hours a month on is taking pictures and listing stuff. And but if but back in the summertime before we left, I would spend sometimes like ten hours a week listing things. Yeah, we we filled our shop up with a lot of listings before we left, so we would have some grace periods so that we wouldn't have to find new items and list them right away once we were on the road. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I have a question because we get asked this a lot. So like you you guys you guys kind of alluded to the fact that people like how do you live with somebody in such a small space? Like I would kill my husband. I feel like yeah. everybody says that. What kind of advice would you guys give for people who are trying to possibly live in an RV and want to travel with their their spouse? How do you guys interact with each other? Like some practical advice you would give like a couple working together on the road in a small space? Uh the most important thing is probably communication. Definitely. I think 100% um, I mean, and hopefully you really enjoy the other person you're leaving <laughs> with. That's that's like my first thought when people tell me is like, well, I really love Kyle's and I enjoy being around him. And if we need time apart, I mean, it's so easy to zone out in your computer or in a book or anything, even in this space together. Yeah. But if we really just need to get away from each other, we can go on a walk. We we don't have to be in the same space if we don't want to be. But we find that we are and we enjoy being in the same space together and we can still do our own thing and not interfere with, you know, each other's alone time. I think when most people think of full-time RVers, 
because they look at our Instagrams or something, they just kind of imagine this lifestyle of always being out in the middle of this amazing field, nothing around, just always like going on epic hikes and things like that. We were in Austin and some of our friends, our friends from Austin came to visit us and we like had this big 4th of July. It was their first time to host 10 people in the RV and everyone came over and we just made hot dogs and hung out on the lake. And the guy was like, man, this is awesome. I love camping. Is this what you feel like you do all the time? I'm like, we've literally never done this. Never. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just funny because we kind of do the same stuff as regular people. We watch Netflix in the evenings. We just work on our computers. <laughs> we go for walks. But it's, it's that idea of like you, you have the freedom to up and go different places where new opportunities are coming. And you're freed up from a lot of the, I would call them chains, I think, that um, a lot of people have like those bills in the house and being in one place and the, the spending habits. I love that you guys talked about that because that's something we've totally felt as well. We, we feel like uh, our lives are so normal and regular. Yeah, we still do everyday things that everybody else has to do. We still have to do laundry and dishes and, you know, do the normal daily things it takes to survive and just live. But, it's not vacation all yeah. the time. But it's still a way more enjoyable way to do all of these things. And we've had more magical moments since we've been on this trip than we had when we lived in a house. The idea of getting together with a bunch of uh, fellow RVers in the middle of the desert for New Year's Eve was like, you know, something that you see in movies. And it was it was an awesome experience. And we have more of a social life than we've ever had before. And back home, it felt like. We worked all the time. By the time we got home late at night, it, we were exhausted. We would cram some food in our mouth and go to sleep. We were exhausted and didn't have any energy or distracted all the time, anticipating n the next day of work. And now it's just like we can really focus on what matters to us. Or, or you know, we spend more hours working on social media than we do on Etsy. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I don't want to take up any more of y'all's time because if you guys are anything like us, you're probably knee deep in some binge watching of Netflix. We've been watching Arrow lately. So it's just been like one after <laughs> we're all into the superhero shows. But thank you guys so much for fighting through the, the Wi-Fi issues and the, the Skype stuff. And I know this won't be the last time, but I hope we get to meet up on the road sometime because I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kyle and Olivia. If you want to check out the show notes, some of the links that we mentioned in this episode, head on over to heathpaget.com forward slash episode five. That's episode spelled out and the number five. These first few episodes have been a blast recording. I've had so much fun sitting down and talking with all of these RV-based nomadic entrepreneurs. And if you're currently making a living right now and you want to talk about your transition from living in a house or apartment to running your business on the road and traveling and what that process was like for you, I would love to bring you on the show. Just leave a comment on the show notes page and we'll connect over there. Lastly, thank you so much again for being here. If you've been enjoying the RV Entrepreneur Podcast so far, I would love if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. Every single review helps bring in more people to find and listen to the show. I'll see you guys next week.